0: Welcome to Ministry Focus. I am your host, Chad Nall. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, we're super excited about the program today. We have a Moore County Board candidate with us today, Shannon Davis, and we're looking forward to talking with her. We're also going to be talking about education as well. Um, before we get into the show today, though, I would like to just do a shout out real fast. Um, I want to thank all the folks, 18% of the population that listens to our podcast weekly, is in Germany. And I want to say thank you to all those in Germany that listen to our podcast. We're super excited that you're tuning in each week. And so we're just very thankful for that. So we do appreciate you tuning in. And so just looking forward to what God has for us today. So at this time I'm going to turn it over to brother Brian Foster and brother Brian, you, Carries into the show today.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it. And let's uh, welcome our other panelists, uh, the pastoral panel. I have figured out a name to name them now. And of course, uh, also on this panel is Pastor Jamie Crispin. Good evening, uh, Pastor. How are you doing this evening? Doing great, brother. Glad to be here. And also Pastor Joe Carpenter. Pastor Joe, welcome. Good evening. How y'all doing? Doing well, doing well. And uh, like the pastor, uh, Pastor Chad just said, we do have a special guest uh, on our panel tonight. Uh, Of course, with the election season right around the corner, we felt it was imperative to uh, let our listening audience know who is out there that uh, we are interested in as candidates for local uh, elections here in Moore County. And of course, he's already introduced her, but she is a, a candidate for Moore County Board of education in district three uh she's a moore county native who is running for office for the first time and we want to welcome shannon davis to the panel shannon welcome to the seat thank you sir for having me shannon just to get things kicked off i i know a lot of the listeners uh we have quite a few here in Moore County that may know you, but we may have some outside of the county or who are uh, a native Moore County uh, residents, maybe living somewhere else and tuning into the podcast. So just to give the listeners uh, a perspective of who you are, just introduce yourself to the listeners and give everyone a, um, a perspective of why you felt led at this time in your life to run for uh, Moore County School Board.
2: All right. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, I am um, Shannon Davis, Moore County native. Um, A little over a year and a half ago, um, the Lord actually did uh, bring the opportunity to me after I was actually on my way to church one morning, praying that the Lord would open up a door for me to be able to get outside of my house. Um, COVID had, you know, kind of come through and had us a little bit on lockdown. And I wanted to be able to share the love of Jesus outside of the walls of my house. And <laughs> the Moore County School Board was not on my plan, or not what I was thinking I wanted the Lord to do, but it's definitely what he brought to me. Um, with <clears throat> all that's going on in our, our schools right now, um, we need people of faith, people who are trusting the Lord in everything Amen. that they say that's and right. do. And um, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I do rely on the Lord. I, I have a strong amount of faith. My life has uh, made me dependent on the Lord in several different areas. So whenever I first um, came about doing this, I uh, um, did a little bit of research and came across the North Carolina Constitution, and it gave me really a platform to um, continue uh, praying about and encouraged me to go down this, um, road that he's bringing me on. I would, anytime I'm speaking in public, I always like to, um, quote that our constitution, um, and it's North Carolina. It's not, not the American constitution. Anyway, it's article nine. It has to do with education. Um, education is encouraged religion, morality and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools, libraries, and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. And once I came across that right there, it kind of solidified what the Lord was already working on in my in my heart and in my life, and gave me a platform to be able to go full steam ahead um, running for office. Um, so, this turn it back over to you right now, if I can. I'll
0: I'll take over. Um, thank you, Shannon. That was uh um that was great. Um, I think that the need is great. And I think the time is now for Christians to stand up in all facets of our communities in the culture that we're living in today, because uh, the big reason is our kids are the ones that are suffering for it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, let me just say, uh, you you know, for me personally, my daughter, I only only have uh, one daughter and she will be 20 this year. So she is out of high school and out of of the grasp of those things. But I never allow, she went to kindergarten in public school. Um, and that's all it took for me to realize she needed to be in Christian education. Um, and people may say, what you mean, man? You didn't give it a shot. Well, you know what? I, I was raised in public school. I graduated through public school and, and, uh, and I can say that things are a lot different. You know, when I became a Christian and I began to really look and understand what God desires for education, um, you know, the first textbook that anybody ever read was, was the Bible. Uh, when, when reading was uh, beginning really, uh, especially in our native language of English, they, they, they taught kids, they taught uh, men and women to read out of the Bible. And so what they were really trying to uh, project was what Deuteronomy chapter 6 has to say. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, says this in verse, uh, uh, let me say, I'll start in verse 6. Deuteronomy 6, 6, it says, in these words, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now, this is the Lord talking, and he says this in verse 7, "...and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children." So here's the responsibility for parents, okay? Each one of us is to have have children. "...and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up." What God's saying is this, listen, the most important thing you can do is tell them about me Mm. because I'm the one that will give the sufficiency for life. And so it brings me to a stat that is so staggering for me, um, and, uh, you know, and the, the, the situation that I have with this stat is um, we are projecting it to be good. Listen to this. And this is Moore County Schools as a whole. That's pre-K through high school, mm-hmm. percent proficient reading. 49, 49%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 49%. So, one out of two kids cannot read in a proficient way. That's staggering to me. Mm-hmm. Proficient percentage in math, 43%. So, less than half of the kids that go to school can do math at their grade level. That, to me, is a staggering number because I understand that Parents have no choice but to send their kids to public school. I'm not faulting them. I'm not um, frowning on them. I understand that. I get that. But I'm telling you what, our school systems have failed these children. That's right. Yes, sir. They have failed our future. They failed our future because I'm telling you right now, to, to, to think that the reason we sent our children to school is for reading and arithmetic, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean— and those two things half of the half of them is not even uh, not even reading at that that level or proficiency of that level
3: you know real joke and the scary thing with that is we haven't felt the ramifications of that. Correct. Right now, we're, we're sitting here doing a podcast talking about the stats, but we're going to feel this when, when our grandchildren are born and, and, and the new generation comes up. This is going to mean a lot for our society. This is going to paint the future for Moore County, and it's, it's disturbing.
0: Well, here's something, here's something that's disturbing. With those numbers, listen to the rankings that we have in Moore County. Best school districts in North Carolina, okay, 26 of 116. So, Hey man, we're pretty good shape, right? At fifty forty-nine 49% reading proficiency hey, districts with the best teachers in North Carolina. We rank 51 out of 115 best school districts for athletes in North Carolina. We rank 57 out of 116. Where's our focus?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What's our focus? Guess what? 1%, 1% uh, of, of, of high school athletes never make it to college. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, and, but we're putting our focuses in the wrong place. Right. And so you, when you really begin to look at this, it, it's really, really scary. I, I seen that, um, our, the, the Northern part of Moore County, which is the, the Robbins area of Moore County, um, the middle school and the elementary school is graded with an F. F. When the school's on the southern end of the county, is rated at a B. And I, I know that, uh, you, you know, that that's a problem. I mean, where's the resources going? Mm-hmm.
2: If, if I could interject yeah, please right do. real quick. Thank you, sir. I got a little um, sidetracked. I will, going back to me just a little bit, um, I have homeschooled my children for the past 14 years. Um, so I do, I understand education as far as a personal uh Work, personally, working with children, um, a lot of people do um, want to disqualify me for running for office for the public school system because I've not had my children in the public school system. However, I think that, that might give me more qualifications than anyone else because I've not <laughs> already been I've not already been in the system, and. Um, I don't want to say indoctrinate about it. It's just, it's a touchy word, and I'm certainly not trying to get you know red flag anybody or anything like that. But I do see it. Um, I actually, whenever I'm speaking to people, I like to compare it to being in a toxic relationship. Hmm. If you're in a relationship with someone for so long, you lose your own identity. So a lot of times these people are coming up through the, through the system. We have um, other people who are running, um, other, other school board members that have been on there for a while. They've been in the public education system for so long. All they do is take what's coming down from the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction and coming down from the North Carolina State School Board, and they're just – they're just rolling it through and they're never questioning what it is that they're what we're really That's teaching good. our children, what it is that the standards that we really have lowered. I want to point out, you just said that we have a failing school up in um, Northern Moore. We also have one down in Aberdeen, two mm-hmm. F-rated schools here in um, Moore County. Um Student wise, we are on what's called a 10 point grade system. Whenever you and I, all of us were in school, we were on a seventh point (laughs) grade system. 93 was the last day you could get, couldn't Mm -hmm. get any better than that. Our students are now on a 10 point grade system. So our schools also are on a separate grade system. They're on a 15 point grade system. So if we were to back that up to the 10-point grade system that they used to be on, we would actually have nine F-rated schools wow. here in Moore County. And what you were saying earlier, we look kind of like the cream of the crop statewide. Let's think about other districts who aren't doing, quote, as good as we are. We really are failing our children. Um, we're, we're, we're more focused on um, polarizing issues that children have no business being... Um, issues that don't belong in our schools right. um, i'm sure that might come up a little bit later i'm happy to talk about mm-hmm. it whenever it does. oh it
0: will come up um,
2: <laughs> but um just wanted to point those point those issues out that are we're we're failing but we're not just failing a little bit we're failing a lot unfortunately
0: right and so i wanted to kind of set the stage for where we're at academically in moore county right um Culturally, that's a whole other story. Yes, um, I'm going to share a couple of things that that that's been told to me over the last several months, and we can discuss those as well. But that being said, um, just from the standpoint of academics, Shannon, um, what do you feel? What do you feel needs to be a point of inf, uh, a point of? Uh, Reference for us to be able to say, here is a main issue when it comes to academics. What what in your mind needs to take place for us to be able to address first and foremost, those failing schools? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Just in, in your opinion, as a school board member what would be a suggestion that you you would say, hey, you know what, here's some things that we ought to look at. Here's some things that we ought to think about. Here's some things that we really ought to consider in order to help. Listen, not to condemn, but to encourage and to help, right? Because, listen, that's what we have to do. And so that's the most important thing. And and for me, as as a a tax-paying citizen of Moore County, Right, I mean, they get they get their money, <laughs> right? And 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 I think the rough number is about twelve thousand dollars per kid that travels with that kid mm-hmm. for the school year, mm-hmm. and so so for every child that's there that's not receiving what they should be receiving, I feel like that you know there's not a good return on what we're paying out as as citizens of Moore County. So what just just as that question, what's something that that, that you might would want to really focus on if you were a part of the school board?
2: Okay, um. I'm going to go two different routes with this. Um, as far as reading is concerned, North Carolina has actually mandated that we um, statewide start what's called a letters phonics program. It's brand new. Um, it it teaches phonics, which is really kind of the oldest um, oldest way to learn to read. It's not by sight words, which is what we've been doing for several years now. I think that's one um, place where we've had a huge gap or reason for failure. But our state spent $58 million on this program, and our teachers are going to have to go through 70 to 100 hours of training just to learn how to implement this program to their students. So in my perspective, homeschool mom, I, I have no further education. I, I graduated, well, I honestly, I would finished 11th grade. I um, I was a teen mother. I went back to school. Uh, St Hills Community College and got my adult high school diploma so I, I have you know the what people would call the bare minimum, however, I taught three children um I taught them how to read, they know how to write in cursive, they know how to diagram sentences um they're they're going to be successful citizens of the United States mm-hmm. um For our teachers to be burdened with 70 to 100 hours of training just to learn how to teach children phonics, that's not something I'm going to be able to get around because, again, it is mandated by the state. But how many other programs that are not mandated that are kind of voluntary where we really, if we did our due diligence, we could have our um, administration go and look for other programs that are not as burdensome for our teachers that are actually proven to work um, we we could lighten the teachers' load workload, and we could have programs for our children that are actually going to be educating them. Um, that's one thing. And repeat the question for me. So well,
0: just you know, like as just from the academic standpoint, academic right? We talked about reading, we talked about right. math, but just uh, uh, here, let me throw this one at mm-hmm. you. Maybe this might help kind of usher in a, a different type of conversation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a problem with Common Core. Yes, sir. Okay, Mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. And that goes back to the phonics. That Mm -hmm. goes back to, I can remember when my child (laughs) brought math home Mm -hmm. and I carried. Right. And she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. (laughs) We don't do math like that anymore. And I was like, what? I I do have uh, education, right? I do have post, I have graduate Mm -hmm. education. And so I still carry my number over, right? right? Because it works. It works. (laughs) Exactly. Right, you know, and so, so, uh, you know, uh, just, just in that that, that universe. Let's okay, talk about yes. that for a moment.
2: Um, so wherever we are able, get rid of programs such as Common Core that do not work. If it's not mandated by the state, get rid of it and find something that goes back to the basics where we used to be. I I really am a firm believer that keeping things simple often is a much better way. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who are very educated. However, they do they don't know a lot, and I don't mean that to be rude in any kind of way. But it's we, we live in a society where where a lot of times we're we're ever educated on the wrong subjects, and um, we don't we lack the common sense. We lack the simplicity of learning things.
0: Well, let's be honest, this we lack common sense.
2: We do. Yes,
0: sir. I mean at, at, well, we, the, at the baseline, that's really that's that's the problem I have. We're 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 just like common sense.
2: The the problem is we lack religion, morality, and knowledge. Correct. Which is which is what the groundwork is. Our forefathers knew what they were doing whenever they wrote our constitutions. It was so simple, but yet, yeah, so profound at right. the same time. That's well, I mean,
0: right. yeah, I mean, one of the things you talk about is preserving foundational american That's values right, we, right?
2: Were, we were founded on a judeo-christian values and without that we're going to crumble and we see that happening around us
3: yeah proverbs nine ten: for the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding without that we have nothing absolutely we can't expect wisdom we can't expect to have common sense unless we know the lord and savior jesus christ
0: absolutely absolutely um Pastor Jamie, you want to jump in on anything? You got anything? I've got plenty to talk about. I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to hog the mic tonight, no, but I, I, I do have a lot to talk about um cuz I, I we'll get to the cultural stuff. We'll get to um what it looks like in, in the environment of school, but
4: no nothing uh you know, I, I I like you. Don't want to I don't want to derail anything. I mean, we we could we could go on and on mm-hmm. about where we are, uh, where we're lacking and where we've been lacking. And, and as, as Pastor Chad has put it as taxpayers, um, you know, that, that's another, that's another layer to that. You know, what is the return? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and just, just as you said, you're going to be expending an awful lot. What's the return look like? And, and just as Pastor Joe had put out, you're going to have to live through those consequences. Just to, sure. to see what that really is going to look like at the end, and then then there's a correction that has to take place that we will foot the bill for as well. And so if we go ahead and start thinking in terms of the article article nine, just as you as, as, as you have stated and, and is, goes back to the the original underscore of how uh, this, how important education was. Um, I, I noticed uh, that you had a quote on there from uh, on your uh, website from Mark Twain that he never let uh, his schooling get in the way of his education. Yes, I, I think that is brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant.
2: Um, like going back to um, as taxpayers, get getting rid, we pay a lot of dues to um, different organizations that. It's really a waste of money. There's absolutely no reason for us to be spending money on on a lot of things that we do. And obviously, if I'm able to be on the school board, I will be able to do a deep dive where we cannot see things now. They just give us a surface. The, they let us see the surface of where they're spending money. Um, for instance, Panorama, uh, or is anyone here familiar with that? From mm-hmm. almost two years ago, a lot of parents were going to the school boards uh, Every single month, and 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 begging our school board members to remove Panorama. Again, it came down from the state. It was not mandated. It was something they just suggest that they they did. But it involved surveys for our children. It labeled them uh, very invasive surveys. Questions that children shouldn't be answering, really. And uh, that it 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 was a China led organization. Mm. And I honestly I can't remember the amount of money, but it was thousands of dollars that we were paying to have these surveys done. Finally, um, parents were able to get through to the school board and they um, quit paying for them and they do not require them anymore. But if, if we can do more deep dives like that, we need the parents to keep bringing that's. If you have a child in the public school system and they're coming home and they're telling you about something and something just does not sit right with you, let us know and we will do the work. I will do the work to get that um, stuff taken care of and where where we are able to, by law, get rid of it and spend our money elsewhere on things that really do work.
3: Hmm. Yeah, so this is a a perfect segue. So we're talking about tax money and the, the amount of money a child actually receives within this school year. And, and I wanted to bring this up, Shannon, this, uh, this is you completed a survey back in September where you answered this question for a website called voter four one one. And what it's used for this is a voter guide to kind of let people know where you're at. And, and the question was asked is what do you think is the most important responsibility of a school board member? And your reply was, Uh, Honest, respectful, and open communication with the public is the most important responsibility. Being abreast of the parents' concerns, staff needs, and student performance is equally important. And I would say that we all agree with that. So as a follow-up question to that, besides attending a school board meeting, what can or will you do as a board of education director to hear the parents' concerns and stay within that grassroots
2: movement? Okay, um, respond to emails. <laughs> That's one thing that I hear consistently. Is I emailed such and such board members, that, you know, and and then I never heard back from them. I absolutely will respond to you. Might not be the same day, but certainly by the end of the week, uh, I do plan on being. Um, out in the public, uh, in the public's eye, I will be available for anyone to speak to me anytime. My phone number is posted on my website and um, also on the Board of Elections page right now, and it would be um, public information. If I'm on the board, it would be there. Um, but I have no problem with anybody coming to. I encourage people. We need parents to, to let us know what their concerns are. And um, if I can't handle it myself or I don't have the answer right then, I will certainly find someone to help you and me get to the root of the problem. Yeah,
3: and that, and, and clearly you see yourself as as, as one of us. You're, you're not running for this position to, to be in a power position. You're, you're running as a representative of your community. Mm-hmm. And on your website, your, your issues are preserve foundational American values, protect students, parents, and teachers, strengthen our community through education and support a, a culture of learning. Uh, so, so my question on that is, a lot of individuals who go into this, and we kind of talked about this earlier, they, they've been in this so long where they actually lose their identity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, there's too much pressure put on them. They, they can no longer clearly see the end state. So what do you intend to do to prevent this from happening to you? How, how will you stay loyal to your community in, in this moment and then now three, four, five years from now doing the same thing. How what do you plan to do to protect yourself from the pressure and the time spent in the position that may cloud your vision?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> and uh I'll just say that I'll continue to do what I've done for at least consistently the past five years is first thing in the morning whenever I get up, I read my Bible. Um Every single day I read a chapter from Proverbs. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, yep. one for every day of the month. So that's that's kind of like my warm-up session. And then I do a deep dive. Whatever it is that's going on in my life right then, um, whatever it is I need help for or help with, I, I go to the Lord. So the same... In my personal life, that's what I do, and that's exactly what I'm going to be do, doing Good. with the issues that come up with the school board because these, these are personal life issues, not just for me but for my community. So that's uh, that's exactly what I'll do, and I hope that the Lord continues to, to— Well, he he tells us if we ask for wisdom, if any man lack wisdom, Amen. let him come and ask, and I, I do it on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> Amen. <laughs> me too. I'm not in anything right. to do with the school system, but— I need it for life, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, we we talked about money for a moment ago, and the taxpayer and those things. And um, when I talk to teachers, uh, and and I have the opportunity to talk to quite a few of those teachers, you know, they spend their own money Mm -hmm. for class supplies, and we're spending millions of dollars for surveys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our kids don't have pencils to write with, crayons to color with, I don't paper to write on. But they have, but but that being said, they have a Chromebook, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they don't have the essentials, but yeah. mm-hmm. it, it just seems like that the priorities are just sort of out of whack, in my opinion. Um, you know, again, I'm I'm not educated on the budget of the school board, and I'm sure there's legitimate reasons for money being spent here and there. But at the core level, right? I think mm-hmm. teachers ought to have what they need in class.
2: Absolutely, mm-hmm. I agree one hundred percent. And if whatever way that I can make that happen. Um, reaching out to other districts that are more successful in that. That's one thing. Like a lot of times we have the solution sitting right there. Our neighbor, you know, our neighbors succeed and let's go to them and see what it is that they've done that's working well and, and implement it here. But yeah, I don't understand why. I I taught my my three children on what you would call a shoestring budget. So Whereas you do not need a lot, at the same time, there, I, there's just no reason for our teachers to have to be spending their own money. We have millions of dollars at our disposal, and I, we can't even fathom what a million dollars is. We say a million, but we don't really think about how much can be done with a million dollars. And I think that we're careless in our spending in a lot of ways. So uh, I, I'm open to our our teachers never having to spend a dime of their own money.
0: Amen. Um, Shifting gears for just a moment. um, I want to talk about the culture inside of schools and and pre-COVID, during COVID, and Brian Foster was with me, he knows. um, We volunteered with an organization called More Buddies. Mm -hmm. And More Buddies is a wonderful, wonderful organization. They have the right intent, the right heart to do what they're doing, and it's a mentor program. Mm-hmm. And so they have access to the school systems. They have access to troubled kids in those schools. And so what they want to do is they want to have, if there's a a child that is academically failing, if they're socially having issues, maybe they have uh, – Maybe they come from a, a disadvantaged home. There's multiple reasons why that they're chosen to be in this program. And so, what they do is they partner a an adult who's been qualified. Background checks, the whole deal. It's not just anybody, but you got to be qualified. You got to go through a pretty rigorous training program. It's like I don't know how many hours it was, but it was quite a few hours. And so, we did all those things. And then what what it is is you get a buddy, and so uh, one day a week. We would go into the school and we'd spend roughly a uh, class period, 45 minutes to 50 minutes with this student. And so our goal was to build relationship. Our goal was to uh, encourage academically. Our goal was to help in in a way to uh, answer questions of things that you're dealing with at home and just to be a friend, so to speak, a mentor. And, you know, I got a bird's eye view mm-hmm. from that program dealing with these children, Um of really what's going on in the school setting. Not only at home, home's another story, right? That That's that's none of my business. That's between mom and dad and then and, and Lord. But what's going on in the school, I do have issues with. And so um, I want to talk about a few things that has really burdened me. One, um, that we see not only in public school, we're starting to see it in universities. We're starting to see it everywhere. And that's critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a huge issue with critical race theory. I, th- I feel like that um, it is inherently racist. Is. <laughs> I mean, at the bottom line, right. at the bottom line of it is, is, you know, because the color of someone's skin uh, that, that, you know what, you are racist because you're white, you know, th- there's multiple layers to this. And, um, and, and, and that is openly being taught in in our school systems. And so Um, You know, and I know that's been a a sticky subject for a lot of folks. And so Moore County currently is supporting CRT in school. Uh, uh,
2: Yes and no. Now, Moore County schools actually um, adopted a policy sometime last year. It was introduced by Bob Levy that we would not allow critical race theory in our school. However... It is there. It's just going, it's under a different name. It's coming in. It's hidden. They're not going to call it critical race theory anymore. Again, that's where we need parents on board. If something's not sitting right with you and you need to let us know, hey, Susie Q or Johnny brought home this, and it it looks like critical race theory to me, but it doesn't say it is. Let us know, because we need to get rid of the curriculum. We need to get rid of the paperwork. The teacher resources are really a, a big issue. Teachers can go online and get a plethora of things to bring into the classroom to help supplement what's in the curriculum and that's actually where we're finding a lot of these things um, being brought in you won't find it on um more county schools does like to pride itself on what's called a forward-facing curriculum Mm -hmm. where the parents can go online and they can pull it up and see what it is however that's not everything that your child is being um, exposed to um so yes um we, we made a stand against it, but it is still there. If it if it's coming down from the state, unfortunately, it's got critical race theory in it.
0: Uh, well, it, it becomes a cultural issue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, th- there's, let me just say, um, I want to make sure I word this properly. <laughs> um, there has to be a base standard.
4: There does.
0: Um, there has to be a base standard um, for all things, right? There has to be a base standard for curriculum. There has to be a, a base standard for um, behavior. There's got to be a base standard for dress code. There's got to be a base standard for how we um, act socially. Those things, there has to be a standard. And so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be allowed to uh, accept everything. Correct. I think there needs to be a standard. There should not be a child sitting in class meowing and, do- and, and barking like a dog because Correct. they're identifying as an animal this week. Or true story, using a litter box in the bathroom. That's going on in Moore County schools. Yes, sir, it yes it is. is. Now, I'm sorry I have a problem with that. I do, too. Because my tax money is paying for somebody to take that litter box out. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it is It is beyond belief at times to, to hear those things. And it honestly, it, infuri- it just infuriates me because there has to be a standard. Mm-hmm. And so, listen, whatever your sexual orientation is, that's what it is. But guess what? That's not. We shouldn't be supporting that at school. That's correct. It doesn't matter if you're. Hey, if you're your stay. If if you're if you're heterosexual or homosexual, whatever that is, that is between you and your God, right? I know what my God says about it, but that that's another story. I'm not going there. I am saying there should be a base standard, right? Hey, listen, we should not be representing this because this is not the place for that. This needs to be neutral zone. Period, mm-hmm. and so. Um, in, in those situations, but our culture is invading the schools, mm-hmm. and what's happened in this is it is making our children, honestly, is making them socially awkward. It is. And it's making them socially they, they 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 can't carry a conversation with you. They can't have a genuine face-to-face, eye-to-eye conversation with you because they're they're scared they're going to say the wrong thing. They they're scared they're going to uh, you know look the wrong way, and it's become a situation to where really school has become this this huge cultural misfit. Um, except that, so what's happening in school is if you identify over here, you're more accepted than you are if you're identify over here. That's
2: right. It, well, it's just like being in a in a gang um, or. It, Children or adults even, they want to feel loved. They want to feel like they're a part of something. So whatever it is that they can grasp onto, whether it's going to harm them or not, they're going to run to it. If you if you make them feel like they are accepted here or there, um, across the board, it, you can put a label on it, whatever, um, everybody wants to be accepted Mm And if we we could just get people to understand the acceptance that we need is from Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen. Um, I I know that I I will not have the liberty to say that once I sit on the board, not from behind the board, but you will hear it everywhere else. I I just want to encourage people um, that there's so much more to life. There's so much freedom. There's so much peace. There's so much power. All of the things that we need, all the things we're craving can be found in Jesus Christ. And... I'm hope I'm hopeful that the Lord will allow me this opportunity and that I'll be able to be a light in what we I do believe all here see as being a dark world. It's not just our public school system; it's across the board. It's everywhere. Um, go ahead, Jamie.
4: So it's interesting. You, Pastor Chad, was talking about what has become culturally acceptable, and uh, the baseline has moved. Mm-hmm. Things have become normalized. I uh, noticed that you use that word uh, a lot in several places. Uh, I saw a, uh, on your uh, website uh, normalize kids to trade schools after high school without making them feel less uh, like they're less than a four-year university kid. Right. And I can't tell you uh, from being in the working world uh, exactly how much of the art – if you will, <laughs> of construction has been lost. Yes. Uh, because of that, uh, they ha- they have been made as second rate mm-hmm. uh, students, and-, and that's such a shame. And you and and I think that dovetails exactly with what you're talking about. What's been nor- what should be normalized has become marginalized. Right. And and instead of being able to fit in, now they they are shunned. And so I think that it all the way from as you well know, it's happening at an early age, yes it is, but what we've seen is it's taken place all the way down through high school. And so now we're kind of reaping the benefits of that. We have people we have a lot of work that just is not being done, and uh the people that are the employers are saying, well, we don't have people that that will do that work. That's not entirely true uh they've not they've not been shown uh that right. this is just a viable uh a way uh of making a living an honest living uh just as God intended uh he used workers uh not not just the educated in fact he 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 well, yeah. chose the uneducated <laughs> yeah. uh so that he may educate them and so uh i believe the normalization that that we kind of stumbled upon here uh what has become normal uh, truly, is abnormal it, it, as it applies to what God originally had intended, and and I think again, uh, you can you can clearly see that there's a need for that through all ages, not not just uh, from the uh, from the younger cultural uh, missteps that we're seeing right now, where we're pushing children to make decisions that they have no business making, as well as all the way down to uh, once they get out of school and they have no direction. Or if they have, they may have a, a, uh, a uh, ability that they've been shunned for. Uh, right. it, it, perhaps they don't have the opportunity to go to school or, you know, to a four-year university. That doesn't make them any different than anyone else.
2: No, that's, the, well, that's the one thing that um, they have uh, incorporated a little bit here, that we will prepare our students for, um, there's three different aspects, military, um, to go join the workforce or to be ready for college. So there, we actually do have some pretty good, um, Oh, I'm not going to be able to think of it. Uh, the where you uh trades yeah it's career
0: and technical education cte clusters is what it's called but we don't
2: hear about them what you're saying is right on 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 point we're not hearing about these excellent programs that are in the in the public school system i'm not going to say that children are not being encouraged but it's not the whole of children and what are we going to do in 15 20 years whenever we don't know how to build houses anymore i just stumbled a, a Maybe about an hour before this podcast, I was looking at the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction, um, a lot of paperwork, <laughs> and particularly Moore County Schools, for the honors classes. And what they encourage for honors class is the first one is mathematics. And number three on the list is arts, music, dance, and not that that's not good in certain areas, but we're encouraging our arts a whole lot heavier than we're encouraging children to learn how to read, how to write, how to build things, how to to do the necessary things to have a successful state and country
4: to be a member of society. Exactly, uh, yes, that's sir. what mm-hmm. it boils down to. Right. Just as Pastor Chad said, there's there's no base standard, and when you do when you do that, you your fundamentals start to fragment. Mm-hmm. And you start focusing on the wrong things where we can build them up uh culturally as well as academically in these in these other things, and the the building blocks kind of fall to the wayside.
2: correct,
1: Shannon, I just got a couple of questions for you first, one of the things that has burdened me is turning on the state news and seeing more county school boards put into a bad light. Um, if you're elected to the school board, what steps will you be willing to take or can you take to kind of close the gap that has been um, created by all the, um, the, the critical race theory uh, issues and all that? How can you bridge that gap back between the school board and the parents of Moore County Schools?
2: Okay, great question. And I, I think, honestly, the, the bridge that we need to gap even more so maybe than with the parents is with the faculty and the staff of the schools. Um, I've learned since running that the school board members are not necessarily seen in a favorable light from the a lot of the administration and the faculty. And I, I know that we all have the common goal of preparing our children, and loving our children. I think a lot of times that the delivery of messages by certain members of our board um, is seen as a little bit, has a little bit of animosity maybe. Um, And just always having a listening ear, always being um, open and kind even if it's even if it's something that I'm not going to agree with you on I will never ever ever attack you publicly I would never even attack you to your face we just have to agree to disagree and and make the best of it that we could but really just being a true friend to someone is the best thing that I know to do is to love people The
1: other issue I wanted to address with you, the other question I have, and one of your core issues that you're running on is protect students, parents, and teachers. Um, I know that can go from one extreme to the next, from um, arming teachers, arming staff, uh, to creating um, more jobs within the uh, uh, school force uh, to help out with security. What ideas do you have to protect our students parents and teachers
2: yes sir that's something um, that we have SROs in um, only a few of our schools right now I do believe that the last um, school board meeting not tonight's but the previous one the work session um, they decided to try to get SROs in each school Um, That is a positive step in the right direction. Pastor Chad touched um, earlier on with the More Buddies, bringing people in from the community. We have so much, so many retired military here that would love to come into our schools and just be a presence. I know (laughs) if y'all are like me, whenever you were in school or even as an adult when you're at work, if your boss is not around, you're a little more apt to goof off. And I, I, I know children do the same thing. Just having a presence. Now, yes, our SROs absolutely should be armed. It, unfortunately, we live in a world where that is necessary right now. But I think just having a presence of authority, having adults roam in the hallways, in the classrooms, not not leaving the door open where children are able to make the poor decisions that sometimes children do, um, we'll be able to make it a safe environment, Um Community really does mean a lot to me. We have so many people who are wanting to help. And if we can just encourage them and provide opportunities for them to come in, like More Buddies has done that Pastor Chad was talking about, even creating other um, groups, the more the merrier. It takes a village to raise a child. as It's often been said we haven't heard that in a long time, but we have a whole village of people here who are, who are ready and willing and able to help our children, and I would encourage that. Strongly.
1: As a f- quick follow-up, mm-hmm. are you a proponent for the school board to make a blanket, um, a blanket law, so to speak, or a blanket policy, where you would encourage a certain standard as far as security, maybe um, uh, metal detectors, more SROs, or something like that? Or do you think each individual school should should have their say as to how to put their security? and implement it in their school?
2: I think the highest standard possible is the only standard that we should accept and it should be across the board. And that's in everything, not just, not just with school safety, education, everything, the highest standard. Whenever you're working out, you don't, now, unless you're injured, you know, you might decrease your weight for a little while, but during that time you're supplementing elsewhere, you're taking time to heal, but you're never going to lower your standard in order to, increase anything you always have to raise the standard everywhere so yes um standards should be raised individual situations should be looked at critiqued and um learned we we have opportunities to learn from every single one of them but we need to be treating people fairly and equally
0: totally agree um. Not that, just only bash County schools tonight, yeah, but <laughs> I no. kind of feel like it was. We, a,
2: our teachers uh, work uh, so hard. They it do. They incredible. do. Incredible. Um, Even our our administration, they work so so hard. I want to be able to make them work. I want their the dollar that they're earning to be more valuable because they're not having to work so so hard to accomplish a goal. Of loving on and educating our children,
0: uh, graduation rate in Moore County is really good. Yeah, ninety-two point six percent kids graduate. That—that's I mean that's like ten percent almost higher than the state. Uh, I mean, so that is a that, that's an excellent thing, right? Um, I, we have wonderful teachers in Moore County, and they need our help and our support because the things that they deal with a lot during the day is not education based. Correct. It's 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 social issues, it's cultural issues, it's things that really should not be in school and they're, they're, they're sometimes I feel like that possibly they're more referees than they are teachers and so you know there there's a need. Security's huge. All those things are are very important. Um for sure. Um before we we wrap up is uh Anybody else got anything they'd like to say before I close this down tonight?
2: I, I do have okay. one more thing, sure. if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. Um, politics, local politics is very important. However, at the state level, we have we have control as well. If we can get our state level of politics taken care of, a lot of these um, cultural issues and social issues can be taken out because it won't be written into law in our General Assembly. So, um encouraging you to educate yourself on your state leaders or the ones who are running for um, senate office house office it's so important to get out there and vote and actually this coming saturday the Moore gop we have a celebrate america at the westmore family restaurant from 11 to 2 we have bluegrass music fun family um day it's going to be free hot dogs be able to meet the candidates we'll have school board members we will have our county commissioners we're going to have some judges there and some state representatives so come out and ask these people the hard questions learn what it is that they're um they're standing for and if we can if we can get the right people elected in office we can make the changes up top that trickle down and affect us here locally um and and just really get things turned around. It's our opportunity. The Lord has given us another opportunity. I do believe, and it's time for us to be bold, and and be diligent in what we're doing. So I invite you to come out. It's up at Westmore Family Restaurant Saturday this Saturday, the fifteenth of October, from eleven to two. Awesome,
0: mm-hmm. awesome. Um, one statement you made that I just want to kind of re iterate, kind of highlight, you're qualified because you haven't been indoctrinated by the history of education in Moore County. That is a profound statement, and it is a sad statement because, because there's great folks, I know, I don't want to discount that, but there is time for change. That's right. And the time for change is now, Mm. right? I think the book of Esther says it right. There's such a time as this. And I believe politically, especially for us locally in Moore County, it's important. It's very important. And we've got some wonderful folks that are on the ballot this year that can make those changes. Um, all the way up to the state house, as Shannon just said, and it's very important. So, Shannon, I just want to say, hey, you got my vote. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, you got you got my vote. I, I feel like there's time for change, and I believe that you'll you'll vote the right way. You'll vote the book, and that book I'm talking about is the Bible. Yes, that to me is what matters. Absolutely. So thank you for being with us thank this you evening, for uh, taking the time out. I know you're busy. We're only like, what, three, three and a half weeks away. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's coming. It's <laughs> Yesterday coming. was
1: the only day on my schedule. I didn't right. have something
0: Right. So thank yes, you sir. for taking the time out. You know, I think that it's important for us to talk about issues. And, you know, sometimes you sometimes you just got to you rant a little bit. and uh, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's for our kids. Right. Um, I, I'm not upset because of anything other than our kids are not getting what is justly um, going to benefit them for the future. And so that's so important. So uh, so thank you for being here. Um, I'm excited as we close down the podcast here this evening. Um, next week, we're going to be doing a prophecy podcast. Man, I am looking so forward to that. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be a good time. Um, We're going to have Brother Jim Babb with us. We're going to be talking about end times. We'll be talking about uh, all those uh, things in the book of Revelation that are confusing for people that uh, reference end times. We'll be talking about prophecies that are actually for uh, that are forthcoming We're talking about the Red Heifer Prophecy We'll be talking about Chris Lom We'll be talking about uh, the Rapture Tribulation, we're going to talk about a lot Next week, but we're going to give you the 30,000 foot view Because we're going to do some follow up Prophecy podcast coming up uh, very soon So I just want to say uh, That I'm looking forward to that So be sure to tune in there So again, I just want to say thank you And uh, this time I am going to turn back over to you Brother Brian
1: Well, again, we want to uh, give our thanks to Shannon Davis for being our guest here this evening. Very insightful. And we want to thank you uh, for giving us a few moments of your time today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by today's broadcast. Join us next week for more Ministry Focus with Chad Nall. Until then, may the Lord bless you abundantly. So long for now.